Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast and the final episode of 2021. It's been a bang up year, you know, I don't even, you, you can assign whatever meaning to that phrase you want, but as always, I am a legal 86. I am joined by uh, Nerd Bomber. Nerd Bomber, how you doing? Doing great. Happy New Year and happy holidays, guys. Happy New Year. Happy holidays to you as well. Uh, Tectic is over here and Tectic just informed us before going on air that, well, well I, I'll let you take over, Tectic. You're experiencing something intestinal. Do you want to expound upon that or do you want to let it ride? Uh, no, I'll expand upon it. It's pure joy and excitement. I was just kind of reflecting on, you know, what my New Year's resolution is going to be and thinking about what, what I did last year. And last year, my New Year's resolution was to have more hobbies. And holy moly, did I knock that one out of the park. So I'm really excited to see what, what this next year is going to bring. And uh, maybe I'll knock that one out of the park, too. So just to be clear, the intestinal feeling is like in the pit of your stomach, a, a deep-rooted joy and yeah. not anything yeah, it's a solid involved. mass of joy poking out of moving my through. <laughs> Ew. Right, okay, you took it a certain, You took it the direction I was. I was hoping you would take it. So look, there you have it. We're here in 2021. Our last episode of 2021. Our last episode of December. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year to all of our listeners. And this is a big episode. I mean, we got a lot of news to go through today. Is what I call the. Well, I don't. I haven't called it anything. That's why I hesitated there. But it's it's kind of the cinematic spectacular here. We're going to be talking about three newly released movie trailers. All of these, I think, came out in the past week since we last spoke with you. They're all kind of big ticket spring releases. Because look, you know, everyone everyone says the summer is the big time for movies, and that's don't get me wrong. That's true. It's always going to be true. But in the winter time, look, it's not nice outside. It's a, it's a great time to hunker down and watch something. And especially around like, uh, you know, February, March, there's uh, a lot of stuff coming out. We're going to talk about a couple of those. And we're also going to push a little bit. I think the other one we're talking about, it comes out in either April or May. So getting you ready for all things movie and predominantly all things superhero coming into 2022. We're going to be talking about the Batman, which got a really hefty third trailer on the day that we're recording this. We're going to talk about Uncharted, which, as many of you know, is kind of my love. We talked about a trailer before, I think, on the show, but this was a, a bit of a more substantial trailer that we'll get into. And then we'll talk about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And I should say, before we go further, as of this recording, none of us have seen No Way Home. So there's no danger of Spider-Man No Way Home spoilers. If you haven't seen it yet, you don't need to worry about that. We all watched the trailer and remain spoiler-free. So that was a nice thing that Marvel did for all of us, keeping us keeping us away from spoilers i'm in fact going to be seeing no way home tomorrow so i'll be reporting on that next week presumably but it's going to be a spoiler free podcast it's going to be a good time and then we're going to round things out with the moment i assume all of you have been waiting for which is one of the most titanic quizzes we've ever had on the show i don't i don't think it's going too far to say that there's a lot on the line here punishment to be meted out to Either Tectic or Nerd Bomber, whoever loses today, essentially, is the ultimate loser. Yeah, that's it, the ultimate loser. I was going to try and I was going to tack something more onto that, but that's the, those are the stakes. You will be the ultimate loser. Something bad will happen to you that has yet to be determined. But before we get into that, before we get into what we've been up to, let's dive into, I think, the biggest of these trailers. And that's maybe an opinion-based statement, but look, the Batman, we've talked about this on the show a few times now, but... This trailer, you know, this was two and a half minutes that gave us 
a lot more it, when i went to watch this trailer i was thinking okay this isn't going to be podcast worthy this is going to be you know something that's fun for me to watch as someone who's definitely going to see the movie but it's not going to be something we're going to have to revisit on the podcast well because yeah, the original trailers that came out because this is now the third trailer i believe for this movie and the first two like they gave the the vibe and the ambiance of the movie very well in the trailers but they didn't really tell you a whole lot and they both kind of felt samey like it didn't seem like there was anything revolutionary and then this one right i I was in the same boat as you i was like okay well there's not going to be anything that's like a bombshell here but i actually became way more excited for the movie having watched this trailer right so so i think there's a couple things that i want to i guess highlight that happened and i guess they're both kind of general it's less specific things we saw and more contributing to the vibe that you were talking about the vibe that we were already vaguely familiar with but the riddler let's talk about the riddler for a second because the riddler the last treatment in movies that we had with the riddler was if i'm not mistaken jim carrey uh and i actually haven't seen the tim burton batman all the way through i just know he is in it and he's the riddler and who better to play the riddler in a sense he's the zaniest man on earth we talked about jim carrey last week i think or whatever that we did the, when we did the game awards we talked about jim carrey but this is a different take this is more of a zodiac killer <laughs> if the zodiac killer was the riddler which i think is amazing and and you know i think another touch point for me if you look at the christopher nolan batman movies the best one i think everyone would agree was the dark knight and the dark knight saw the joker a version of the joker that was this very very dark almost serial killer e kind of he's you know he's planting seeds for batman around the city creating a game of cat and mouse in which people are dying pretty constantly and it was transfixing to watch and i think with this version of the riddler we're going to get that same thing and i'm super super excited for that and the other thing we got which i actually think you don't see too much of we saw a little bit of it in the chris nolan batman but like in the older batman batman movies the like this is gonna sound weird but bear with me the intense like sexual tension between catwoman and batman is it's very campy at at its core but it's nonetheless kind of critical to batman lore and obviously a huge a huge point bullet point in it and it looks like robert pattinson and zoe kravitz are going to sell the crap out of that well the last time we got something like that was honestly between poison ivy and robin back in the bat Which nipples days Clooney bat yeah okay yeah i i just like you know and that was I think that was like too this. family friendly like this is this is gritty this is zegual i was i was sweaty there's one scene there's one quick shot in the trailer where they're they're fighting and then batman just like pins her on a table but the they second definitely he pins like they were her gonna do it. they're gonna like smooch it's like it and like that i think that is like it's clearly something that they're going for. You know, a lot of this trailer is talking about the cat and the bat and yada, yada. They're going to work together, but she's also, you know, obviously who she is and he's who he is. And it creates this really weird push-pull thing that is Which weird, is definitely. Exactly. It's campy. It's weird, but it does work. And it is, again, tr- true to the character, true to the comics, true to the, the world of Gotham. So I was really into both of those things. But on top of that, you know, we got so much more. We just it, it feels like we saw so much more here. We saw so much more of Batman fighting. There were a lot. I, I can't even point out a specific instance of it, but it just, you know, we saw a lot more of him in action than we've seen. The other side is this feels true to a young Batman story. I mean, yes, we sort of saw the coming to Batman with the Dark Knight series, but it almost seemed like he just kind of fell into that role. 
right? I, you know, did some kung fu, then, then that was it. He was Batman. This, you can... He, yeah, he, there, was, he there, was perfectly good at it right away. There seems to be a bit of a mental struggle on him finding his place. At least that's what I gleamed from the trailer. And this, this feels like a true, you know, coming into his own young Batman story. And I'm excited for it. Well, I think the thing that I like too about, you know, we were talking about the serial killer vibe that we're getting from the Riddler and that we kind of saw in Heath Ledger's Joker iteration. But I think what that does is, and people might not like me for this, but I think in a lot of our superhero movies, you know, they're super fantastical. This almost feels like a grounded vigilante movie like yes they're wearing weird comic book get-ups but realistically there didn't seem to be any characters or anything in here that couldn't actually happen in real life like i'm sure yeah batman's technology that he's using is probably not realistic but i mean at the end of the day you look at the characters who were forefront in this you have obviously the cops you have which are realistic right you have batman doing just like hand-to-hand combat nothing like super fantastical you have the riddler who's just kind of a psycho guy and not doing anything like he's not even being weirdly campy you know he he doesn't have that because i feel like in the comics he doesn't have the green suit with the question marks on it yeah Yeah, it's it feels like it's almost realistic and like even catwoman like okay yeah sure she's got the again weird costume get up but at the end of the day she's just she's a thief you know it's it's all things that could actually happen and it feels like a fresher take on the comic book slash superhero genre that we just haven't gotten in a while. Because even if you go back to like the Christopher Nolan stuff, eventually like you had Bane, you know, like even if the Joker was just, you know, a crazy guy at the end of the day, like you had Bane. This is what makes Batman great. And and, like, this is the reason that I did not watch the Tim Burton movie is that I knew it kind of, it gets fantastical. It gets too zany. Whereas the Chris Nolan movies for the first two remained very grounded, remained, remained like you said, kind of just dark crime movies that remain realistic in a sense or in enough of a sense that you can take them seriously. And I wanted to be able to take this seriously. And, you know, the one character that I'm worried about in terms of taking them seriously is the penguin. But again, that's, it's based a lot on past renditions of the penguin, like Danny DeVito, just being totally insane like i just i'm worried about that character but i'm not worried about anybody else if they take inspiration of the penguin from like kingpin and his mannerisms i think that could make for an amazing penguin there's definitely a way they can do it but but the long and short of it is yeah they're clearly going for grit they're going for a rough edged batman like you said who doesn't have everything figured out yet and who has the beginnings of a rogue gallery that is rooted in reality. And I'm, I'm very much about that. Uh, I've stated before, I'm very much about Jeffrey Wright as commissioner Gordon. There's, there's nothing here that strikes me as off. I, I am like, I, I'm the, the process of me getting used to pasty swoopy haired, our pet bat emo, e- emo, our pet bat. That process continues and it, it is not yet complete for me. I'm still I'm still trying to warm to that, but you know it could be going a lot worse. There's like this at one point in I think it's been in multiple trailers. He's wearing this pair of sunglasses that I'm like, Batman would never wear those. And it's just like I think there's some choices being made with how Bruce Wayne looks that I'm not sure I agree with. I think Bruce Wayne to me is a little bit. If you if you ask me what does Bruce Wayne look like, he looks like Christian Bale, but like. 
because like i don't no. think michael keaton looks like batman i don't think george clooney even looks like batman i think christian bale is the most batman looking dude and maybe that's just my own bias having grown up with those movies in particular but he's like he's clean cut he's clean shaven he doesn't have this like it's the swoopy hair for me he can be pasty that makes sense but he it's the swoopy hair i'm having a really hard time getting on board with well i think it's it's partly you know kind of the era of batman and i think they're trying to drag it into like the gen z ish era you look at things that are common now and kind of like that 90s swoopy hair look is coming back so when you think of what a millionaire playboy would look like maybe not this like buff chiseled jaw kind of looking dude but more of a modern day playboy type character which is a departure from what we've traditionally seen with batman but i mean if you are trying to get this into you know the hearts of modern day audiences it's a different take but i don't think it's completely off i think it's weird for us like you said because we grew up with all of the other different batman and especially like christian bale took that role and really elevated it and it's very hard to think of anybody else in that role like all of the other batman that i think of off the top of my head are kind of like goofy is not the right word but it it wasn't as serious and so it can't be yeah and so now this is trying to be like another more serious batman and so christian bell is like the angel on my shoulder being like oh hey i did this first i did it really well be skeptical but i think right i have faith in this weirdly i will say it like the flip side of this is when i if i saw our pat bruce wayne on the streets of gotham there there is realistically no way i would look at that man and say oh that's batman he doesn't look like he has what it takes whereas like if i had been in the christopher nolan version of gotham walking down the street and i saw bruce wayne i'd be like boy he could be batman that would make a lot of sense those who had watched uh, the Justice League animated series will totally agree with me and, and probably find this amusing if they did this. But hear me out. Henry Cavanaugh would be a good Bruce Wayne. Henry Cavill? Henry Cavanaugh. He Henry plays Cavill. Superman right now. <laughs> yeah. Henry yeah. Cavill. But they could never do that. But in the animated it, series, right. they did a switcheroo between their two costumes and it would kind of be a little wink nod to that. And plus, he's just like the greatest. I mean, he is well, right, the greatest. Then- this is a little bit of an offshoot. But like one of the, the other like headlines in nerddom was that like he I guess he listed off a ton of different nerd properties that he would like to star in. Like I think he wanted to do Red Dead Redemption and he revisited that he wants to do like Mass Effect. And right. that's great. But like at a certain point. I need to diversify all of my male leads and nerd IPs because he can't do everything. Like at a certain point, that's just too much. Yeah, like save some for tactic kind of. Definitely. So so I do agree. I think like he he is a Batman looking dude. Henry Cavill is, which by the way, yeah, good for him. I think Witcher Witcher season two is like currently going on, right? That's like a big deal right now. Mm -hmm. I could not do Witcher season one. I I fell off that train, but Henry Cavill's got it going on right now. I think he... Yeah, he's he maybe looks more to me like Batman than even Christian Bale does. I, it did cross my mind while you were talking just now that I haven't made any mention of Ben Affleck, but he doesn't look like Batman to me either. I guess he's a little bit closer, but he, he definitely just, he gives me like old Batman vibes. Like if you had to catch yeah. old Batman, Ben Affleck does fit that. I just thought it was weird because in all of like the comics and whatnot, Batman and Superman, when they're working together, like for the most part, they're introduced as young people. So he should be around the same age as what Henry Cavill looks like. And he doesn't. He just looks right. like an old grizzled Batman next to a young chiseled Superman. 
Ben Affleck for me, again, that that is a mental block where when I think of Ben Affleck, I'm always going to think of, have you guys seen like the paparazzi photos of him? like holding Dunkin' Donuts and like smoking a cigarette and he's oh having the God, worst yeah. day of his life. That's like, so relatable. That, that, that's just how I always imagine Ben Affleck is. So to, to try and take that and slap that onto Batman, it's, it's very hard for me to do. And granted, I think he became Batman before either of those photos came out. But if you haven't, listeners, you haven't seen these photos, you need to go look because they're hilarious. They've been memed a lot and for good reason. No particular shade to Ben Affleck. Just saying those photos are hysterical. This movie, The Batman, which it is called The Batman. It's not just called Batman. Coming out March 4th, 2022. So again, this is vaguely on the horizon. It is it is not far off. And it's something that I'm very, very excited for. And especially after this trailer, you know, I was excited in the first place. But this one especially, I think, really got me amped up for it to the point that I will be going to the theater to see this almost certainly, which I wasn't super sure about. That's movie number one on our on our three movie kind of caravan here. Let's move away from superheroes. Let's make a superhero sandwich where the superheroes are the bread. And in the middle of the bread is Uncharted. Now, no, again, it's sandwich. Then. It's an Uncharted sandwich. That's you're, you're totally right with. Yeah, you don't call a sandwich a bread sandwich. That makes absolutely no sense. Pumpernickel sandwich, you, you psycho. So this is the second trailer for Uncharted. And I believe on this show... We talked about the first trailer and I voiced a lot of dissatisfaction with Tom Holland being cast as uh, Nathan Drake. Tom and probably Holland was also, your problem? I think Tom Holland was my problem and I, I think Mark Wahlberg was also my problem. And I want to be as clear as possible that neither of those things have changed. <laughs> I, I think they are still both problems. This trailer was better. That's like that. Th- the main thing I can say about it is it is better. I, it's still... I'm still very scared of, of what it's going to be, but I, I do think that the number one job of this movie is to create just insane set pieces. And based on the the plane thing, which we already saw some of that, where the car is flying off the plane, uh, but also based on the helicopters carrying pirate ships, which we had not seen that yet, I think it's going to deliver on that. I just, I still... I don't doubt the charisma of either of of Tom Holland or Mark Wahlberg. I just, I don't, they don't fit. It's it's as simple as that for me. They just, they don't fit. And they're going to, they're going to give it as good a try as they can. But I'm not buying that. I will see this movie. I will never understand, like, because I still haven't played the Uncharted games. And I know I have them and I just, I need to do it. And maybe that will be a big project of mine this coming, like, little winter awfulness. But I don't understand why you wouldn't keep the characters a similar age to what they were in the first game. Because from my understanding, right, they've severely de-aged them. It's because they want to run this thing as far into the ground as they can. Yeah, but why can't you do that? Because that's what Hollywood does. And like Uncharted, they made four, five With With Tom Holland, you get more more time. You get more guaranteed time. Maybe they could space them out. They're probably worried about what happened with Indiana Jones. And granted, Indiana Jones, they unearthed that relic after like 20 years in dormancy but now making indiana jones movies is kind of ridiculous because he's like 70 years old they probably want tom holland while he's in his prime like from from a business perspective and and also saying nothing of the fact that tom holland is like one of the most bankable stars out there right now i totally get it i just from a creative perspective and from a someone who loves the game's perspective i just i i don't I don't get it. In this trailer, too, at the very end, we got a nod to, okay, you nerds out there all want Sully to have a mustache. We know. We'll give you Sully with a mustache. 
I, my theory is that scene that they showed at the end, that's either an ending scene in the movie or a post credit scene in the movie or like a mid credit scene. I think, I think we're getting at the end there, we're getting, okay, they pulled off whatever they were trying to do in this movie and they're setting up the next movie. I think they're just already so far ahead of themselves and you know, maybe they'll be right, but it just, it leaves a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. They didn't even shave it for later. (laughs) Right. There, that's, that's, that's some classic technic humor for you. Going back to Uncharted, I just, I, you know, and also another thing we should talk about, another big, like, I guess, plot point in the trailer, if trailers can have plot points, is the idea that Sully is going to double cross Nathan Drake. But like, which is a does that happen in the games? <laughs> no, <laughs> they never even hint at it in the games as far as I can remember. And if they are truly making this movie for fans of the game, it's a ridiculous thing to put in the script. Uh, well, it's, I, I don't. It's, I don't want to crucify it's them the for building that point of yet. trust between them. That's what it is. I mean, it, it's, sure, it's in the early going, and there, you can make that argument certainly. But it's another thing that I'm at least a little bit inclined as a fan of the games to scoff at, and just say what to scoff. You, you, well, <laughs> you want to make this me. movie you want to make this movie for fans of the game, but you also want to make this movie for everybody else. And there is a part of me that feels like you can't have it both ways. And I I think they are trying to have it both ways. Probably. And I could be totally wrong, but it feels like the prime objective of this movie is not to necessarily appease fans of the existing franchise. It's probably to bring people in who want to see hot stars like Tom Holland and Marky Mark and then drive sales of the game, but make the game different enough so that people who have already seen the movie feel like there's a reason to continue to play the game. I could be just, wrong, but that it seems, no, I, it I seems think like that's right. the marketing path they're taking, whereas I feel like... Things like, I don't know, Game of Thrones. Let's be real. People who don't like to read, like you're not going to compel them to read. Reading feels like a higher barrier to entry for a lot of people just because, you know, especially with books like Game of Thrones, like you're talking like 900 page books. That's a it's a hard cross sell. So that was a little bit closer to the source material. Obviously, there are deviations, but a little bit closer to the source material because they I, I don't know if they were completely sure how big of a, a drive it would be to bring in outside people. So, you know, kind of not pandering to fans, but making it true enough to the books where fans of the book series would be like, I need to watch this right. made more sense. Well, but it's also easier to transition to from a non-visual medium to a visual medium than visual to visual. Yeah, but I mean, too. even yeah. still, like, I know we were talking about transmediation last week with our, our special interviewer, Daniel Greenberg, but I feel like the Uncharted games have a very linear story that's very well fleshed out. They have like full voice acting throughout the entire game. Like it's a very cinematic right. game. It shouldn't be that hard to translate it to the movie screen. And it feels you're, like they're you're, deliberately you're, changing things. You're getting to, to my point, which is, you know, it, it feels like a swindle to me. I, and I, I think everything you said makes sense. And what you said their marketing plan is, I think you're probably right. And from a dollars and cents perspective, it makes sense. They're not beholden to people like me who love the game so much, and they shouldn't be. But if you're going to, if you want to make a movie that has bankable stars and has this adventure movie, you should do that. You you don't need to use this IP. Like, I just, I don't know. From a dollars and cents perspective, you do, but it, it just feels like a swindle. 
it feels like it's it feels somehow like i'm being swindled because they are taking advantage of my love for this franchise to make something that is tangentially what it is um when i think i would rather like if you told me there is a an adventure movie coming out where tom holland and mark Wahlberg go look for treasure i'd be like great show me the trailer and i'd watch the trailer and be like okay great this is interesting the second you attach the uncharted name to it and attach the characters to it you attach a lot of baggage to it for me and i, I don't think i'm alone in that I think it's the state of movies as a whole, though. If you look at a lot of the movies that we're getting lately, there's nothing that isn't really attached to a big IP. And the movies that try to kind of strike out on their own, I would say probably like four out of five times, they don't hit it big. Like, obviously, there are some exceptions. They can do well, but they're they're never going to become as big as Marvel. And I think that now movie studios, if they're not making an MCU movie money, like they're disappointed. So now they're just hunting for franchises that already exist that can probably blow up that they hope and throwing the biggest stars at them and crossing their fingers and hoping for the best. And I I think that's just the state of the the theater experience at the moment. I would take it a step further and say they're not, they're not even just looking to mine old IPs. New IPs can show up, but those new IPs had better have the potential to give you three movies or no one's going to care. No one can make, one movie anymore and you know i now now i'm just i sound like an old man shaking his fist at a cloud and i think well i shouldn't say i think i am fairly certain that i take this much more personally than most people who watch these trailers and are going to go see this movie but it's just you, you guys know how i am with naughty dog this is they're they're treading into my territory here and they're going to be doing the same thing with the last of us and this this has me pre-worried about that. But at least with um, The Last of Us, like just... some of the screenshots, like I know we haven't gotten a full-on trailer for that, but some of the screenshots that have leaked and like behind-the-scenes photos, it seems like they're following the source material a little more closely. There, there's, I think there's less, there's less creative license that they can even take. Just the way the story is structured, the way it works, the world that it's placed in there's not as much that they can do as they can take, you know, they can take something like uncharted and say, we're going to go back 15 years and, you know, do an origin story. The last of us, it's kind of hard to do that because the origin story is okay. This, this big thing happened that changed the world. And now the characters are trying to survive within it. You can't go before that. There is no origin story really. So it's yeah, there's, there's probably less of a potential for them to screw that up, but this nonetheless has me, uh, worried is a strong word. I'm not worried about it. I'm not. I'm not laying up at night, staring at the ceiling, thinking about it. But it's just. Oh, I know. You, I don't know. You just like walk outside and you look up at the clouds and you shake your fist and you, and you go, go, "Damn Tom you!" Holland. I was gonna say Marky Mark, but both of them work. I was gonna say Sony. I feel like it's Sony's fault. It's not, Marky Mark and Tom Holland. Like they're just along for the ride. They're just doing their best. I don't just blame them at all. Tex- checks breaking necks. Exactly. It's it's the powers that be, as always, that I'm like, darn you. But in any case, Uncharted, the movie, comes out on February 18th, 2022. Valentine's Day, I guess, is the general era. I don't know. Whenever I see a release date that's around Valentine's Day, I'm sure the movie, th- movie studios are like, people will see this as a couple, which, you know, they might. I think I did watch. I think I watched this trailer with my fiance, and she said I would be seeing this one by myself. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll go. 
you know, I'm I'm not sure I'm going to see this one in theaters. I may, depending on what the promotional material from now until then looks like, it may just be it may be too close to my heart. I don't know. We'll see. That brings us to the halfway point of the episode. We do have one more movie trailer to dive into, another meaty one, which is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, I keep wanting to say multitudes of madness. And I'm, <laughs> There's I'm, I'm so many multitudes myself. of madness going on. Just m- absolutely multitudes of madness. So we'll get to that after the break. But before we, we do our, our break, I would be remiss, of course, if I did not shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen... 2021 has been all the better because of you and because of your efforts to keep this show running, to keep this show supported. We've appreciated having you on the show multiple times. We're looking forward to having you back. Uh, Hopefully you're getting a lot out of the bonus content we provided you and all our Patreon subscribers. So our Patreon has three levels of support. We have the night level, which is the level that Steven is on. It gets him this producer shout out every episode. It gets him input into the weekly game segment, gets him the occasional guest spot, and of course, access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. There's also a Squire level of support, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And there's also the pages, which form the backbone of the Patreon community, and they get access to the monthly secret segment. So for more of the details on any of those three levels of support and how to give back to the show, help us keep this thing going, you can head to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Grab more of the details there. Thanks again to Steven. Here's to another great year and a great 2022 coming at you. We'll take a short break now, and we'll be back to talk about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Okay, we are back to talk about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So actually, it's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, not and the Multiverse of Madness. I'm just getting the title wrong every possible way that I can. Again, I mentioned at the top of the show, but I'll mention again. No Spider-Man spoilers to be had here. None to be had in the trailer, really, as far as I could tell. Yeah, this is one so actually... you don't need to worry about that. A friend of mine who I knew had seen No Way Home, I literally texted like within two or three minutes of this trailer running across my radar and was like, please watch this and let me know if I should check this out or if I'm going to be very sad because of spoilers. So it was one of those now, things where like you worry about it, but they, they did a good right. job. Well, so what's interesting about this... And I, I want to kind of go meta for a second before we dive into the actual trailer. Marvel played this trailer at the end of Spider-Man, I think after the credits, which I, I it's an interesting move for them. We know they're all big into the after credit scenes and the mid credit stingers, all that stuff, but they've never just given out trailers at the end. It is you know, it's to speculate, I guess, and, and maybe Spider-Man No Way Home viewers will, again, laugh at us at this part, but to speculate, is it because these movies are going to be so closely tied together? Is it for a different reason? Is it just because of the timing? I don't really know. You know, what I can say is that Spider-Man, he doesn't show up in this trailer at all. It, it's, you know, there's a handful of characters that we'll talk about, but the, the headline here is uh, Evil Doctor Strange, I feel like. Is, I mean, is that, is that fair to say? Yeah. I think that's the biggest reveal. Mm-hmm. You got, you got, uh, you got Mordo. Mordo's back. And that's, I think we all expected him to come back. It wasn't a huge surprise for me to see him. And, you know, we have to talk about the connections with What If, because I did not finish What If. I think I have a few episodes to go, but I did watch the Doctor Strange episode. And boy, if there aren't fairly direct parallels to be had here. Did you guys watch that episode of the show? No, I'll admit, I tapped out of What If pretty early on. I think we got to, I think, the Wakanda episode, like when Black Panther 
Yeah. Which was in like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Nerd Bomber's lame with that stuff. I I had a Great I had a problem with the entire series. Like it was more that like sure the art style was cool and everything like that and it was a very cool concept, but I felt like each episode didn't really have payoff and I was I needed a reason to watch it, especially with how much other content was being pumped out. Like, I don't know. I can't watch it all. Right. Oh, you, you well, so you're right about that. There is absolutely no payoff. They're just like these little vignettes that are interesting. And, you know, I thought they were cool, but clearly I didn't think they were cool enough to watch the entire first season of it. So I'll meet you halfway on that. There is a Doctor Strange episode that, like I said, there's a lot of parallels here. But we see, you know, we see evil Doctor Strange. We see Mordo seemingly warning Doctor Strange that, hey, man, you're the biggest problem here. In one of the other multiverses, presumably, you go banana sandwich and are are a bad bad boy and you know tying back it ties back to loki as well is this not similar to the kang the conqueror Mm storyline where he basically says one of my a version of me just kind of went off the rails it's a good move and i'm sure it's comic motivated but it's a good move i think on marvel's part given how seemingly omnipotent and just super powerful dr strange is to say okay who can dr strange take on Let's avoid a Superman problem where this guy is just an absolute beast and give him someone that he really has to try very hard to fight. You know, in his first movie, he certainly has formidable enemies, but he's also still kind of coming into his powers, whereas he had a hard time against Thanos, uh, managed to pull that off. But now the, the true adversary, the best match against him is a version of himself. I think that's, you know, it's certainly not something that we haven't seen before, but I have faith that it'll be pretty well executed here. Yeah, I think it's a it's a very clever way to challenge his powers because I'm going back to a, a different franchise, a completely different like brand. But when you look at like the Injustice series, one of the biggest things that the superheroes in the DC universe had to face was like the other realm versions of themselves who weren't so good. And I think that's when you have characters who are super overpowered, like you said, I think that's one of the coolest ways you can see how they'll come out on top and give them a challenge. The other thing that I want to point out completely unrelated is the introduction of another young Avenger. Did anyone else notice? Go that? on. America, Ch- on me. America Chavez. We saw a person walking away with a big star on her back and that's who that was. She's basically a magical version like her she got her powers magically but it's kind of similar to captain america and her power super strength and she kicks butt hmm. yeah that got by me i was mostly like oh mordo's back and he has hair do you notice the hair change he got different hair i also liked wanda coming back and i, I like the fact that they acknowledged everything that happened in wandavision and that it wasn't just like oh it's it's years now and she's just i mean moved well on. i mean you have to acknowledge they, it and i i think that's good they acknowledged it but he was also like no forget that that's small potatoes <laughs> like i thought that was kind of interesting he's like i'm not here to talk about westview you, you that happened and yeah, whatever I, the only thing i will say about this movie is i saw the first doctor strange in theaters and i remember i was i wasn't in the front row of the theater but it was a crowded theater you might have seen it when it opened like the night it opened and i was very close to the screen and of all the marvel movies it was a nauseating movie to be that close to the screen for. It, it, it's, it almost seems like at this point, the main premise of Doctor Strange is, how can we turn New York City 
and the New York City skyline into like this ever shifting Rubik's cube that makes you want to vomit. And it looks like they're going to do it again. So it sounds and like I, I watched yeah. it in ideal conditions. Mine was, um, which was via a little screen on the back of a chair on an airplane. You you watched Doctor Strange on a plane? Yeah, that's that's when I watched it. That's that's. I mean, yeah, that would be worse for me. I, I'm not a big flying fan. I I would I would have needed the barf bag for that. I think in on my couch at home would be the ideal Doctor Strange. I, I would probably see Multiverse of Madness in theaters. I don't see why I wouldn't. I'm a big Doctor Strange fan. He's one of my favorite characters going right now. And there's just a lot to dive into here. So see, I'm I, definitely into it. You, you're you're hesitant. Yeah, it sounds like Doctor Strange is just a very underwhelming character to me, and I don't know why. Like he's just not in all of his appearances. There's nothing very endearing about him. Like he tries to pull off the, the Tony Stark cockiness, and it just doesn't resonate with me. Like it's just like no. So Sorry. he he definitely does he definitely does do that, but I I think. The other Tony Stark parallel is, and, and again, I'm saying this without having seen No Way Home yet, but he's in the driver's seat is the way I see it. He is the Tony Stark of the next generation because he kind of always knows what's going on. He Even before Tony Stark passed on, he was popping up in places you didn't quite expect. And I think he's just going to be this, this ever-present force in the next phase. And, you know, I think I do like him for his personality and for the the cockiness which is a i'll admit it's not as good as the tony Stark cockiness he doesn't pull it off quite as well but well, it just feels like I, because, I still enjoy watching it because we have or had i guess tony stark's personality and cockiness it almost just feels like and i know you don't it, need it again well right it just feels like a, a dime store version of tony stark's personality but he op- so you need him he opens up so many i mean we're seeing it with the multiverse right he opens up so many possible doors for this world i mean the only way I can really even see a feasible crossover if they ever did Marvel DC would be via Doctor Strange. Oh, that is never happening. Are and, you kidding? Think about the licensing yeah. impacts of that. That is just never going to happen. Hey, there's no chance. Hey, it's fun to think about. Sony but. works with Disney sometimes. So, but uh, the only thing I could see is Doctor Strange meets Doctor Fate. That that world colliding would be the only way that I could see them pull it off. And you know, me being the comic book lover, I have to be forever looking for what's next, what kind of boundaries they're going to push next. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think if ever a crossover is going to happen, it's going to be with someone like Doctor Strange. I can't disagree with that. I don't think it's ever going to happen uh, for licensing issues, like Nerd Bomber said, but this is going to be a big one. Now, th- this is the one coming out the latest of the three movies that we've talked about. This is slated for May 6, 2022. So this is going to basically kick off the summer movie season, barring any COVID delays or anything like that. I would think most of this is in the can by now. Obviously, we're getting trailers for it. It seems pretty polished. But May 6, 2022 is when this is slated for. So we'll keep an eye on it until then. I'm sure we'll get one more trailer between now and then at least. Uh, But for now, uh, yeah, get hyped. Look out for Wong and, and Mordo and Doctor Strange and also, yeah, it's, it's totally possible to because Dr. Fate's going to be in Black Adam. So Keep dreaming, man. That's, that's, that's all I got to say to you at this point. Keep dreaming. We're going to transition now into what we've been up to. I imagine a lot of this is going to be very holiday-focused. What we got, I think, well, for me at least, that's going to be a, a good chunk of my update. But I do want to lead off because every year I do something starting around August, September that goes through the end of December into January. And that thing is called fantasy football. And 
Ugh. Nerd Bomber, you had to know I was going to bring it up. Who, who beat you this week? You in did. In the semifinals. It was me. I got uh, so huge screwed. Week. I got so screwed. James Robinson, you're out there with your torn Achilles, and I feel very bad for you, but you also killed my playoffs hopes and dreams. I was in first yeah. place for the better part of this season, and you just you wrecked me, man. I've said it in our Discord chat. I'll say it again. It's a team of destiny situation. You got hit by an unstoppable force, a bullet train, which is Cooper Cup and other people on my team who are just surging at the right time. So uh, that was fun for me. <laughs> I, I don't know. just wanted to bring that up, I guess. Um, otherwise, yeah, I uh, did a lot of Christmas f- festivities and stuff. Uh, I did get Deathloop. I haven't started it yet, but that's going to be on the video game docket. I have been otherwise playing a lot of solo board games because I got a few of those. Uh, actually, uh, our guest on the, on the show last week, Daniel Greenberg, mentioned Sagrada as one of his favorite board games i had played it before but i now own my own copy and it does have a solo mode so i've been doing some solo gaming of that uh another game called palm island i just got uh, it's very fun it's called palm island because it's just it, you play it with a deck of 17 cards that's in your hand at all times you don't even need a table to play it which is pretty cool you can play it on the couch otherwise uh i'm going to be diving into journal 29 which is uh I, i'm not even sure how to refer to it at this point it's a puzzle book experience that i was gifted by uh, the two other hosts of this show so Woo-hoo. looking forward to getting into that and then another game that i haven't tried yet that i also got it's a game called box one it's a, a solo board game experience again very puzzly i think there's some trivia elements and it's created by neil patrick harris and all i know about it right now is that it has very good reviews but everyone in the reviews is very tight-lipped because apparently there's a lot of twists and turns to the experience that i'm looking forward to uh, experiencing myself so gonna be gonna uh, have a lot to do over the next few weeks you're gonna be getting a lot more updates from me also got a book that i've been meaning to read for a while it's john green wrote a series of essays called the anthropocene reviewed that i'm really looking oh, forward yeah. to uh, kind of continuing to flex my nonfiction muscles yeah that's the long and short of it for me not not much else besides eating a lot of chocolate and you know, seeing family, doing all that good stuff. So I'll swing it over to Tactic to walk us through uh, his holiday. Okay, I I, I got to start by saying I must be the most transparent person in the world as far as it comes to like what my interests are, because my fa- friends and family just it's true just hit the nail on the head as far as things that I enjoy. I mean, I got. I mean, you guys hear all of the different hobbies I have, and I, I got literally a gift for every single hobby. I got various comics and superhero-related paraphernalia. I got a compost bin because I am not full of crap. I need to make my own from Nerd Bomber. I got the drone book. I got, golly gee, I got Sonic Colors, so I get to play that. You guys know how much I love Sonic games. I've talked about that at nauseum, and it's just the, the list goes on. I just I couldn't be more grateful well, so I, I, I would say too, and I'm not telling our listeners to do this, obviously, but I think any one of our listeners could get could get you a great gift because I think you are very transparent about your hobbies. And another thing I will say too, a, a great a great way to get a gift. I even one, got one cooking of the related got from, stuff from, well, from Illegal. Say, I got I got a, a thing to help me make whatever burger press. burgers. Yeah. So a great way to get a gift for someone like Tactic. Presumably when this when the pandemic is behind us, I'll go over to your house and you'll be like, hey, man, 
do you want a delicious burger? No, I'll, I'll say, say, hey, sure. Sh- it's filled with jalapenos. <laughs> well, and I'll say, sure, but how are you going to, how are you going to make one? And you'll say, oh, I got this burger press that was gifted to me. Get people gifts that you can later benefit from. Life hacking. I, I fully intend at some point to go over to your house and eat a delicious burger filled with something that I, I'm not aware of. So hope you enjoy it. Let me know how that goes. I will. But yeah, super <laughs> stoked. Nerd Bomber. I also had a really great Christmas. Didn't really get a chance to do a whole lot, but definitely received some great things. First of all, a super awesome lore book gifted by... You. That was me as well. Yeah, our, our yeah. wonderful co-host from God of War, which is dope AF. If you haven't played God of War, first of all, if you have a PS5 and PS Plus, it's free, so like play it. But I, I think I talked about, you know, reading a lot about mythology in the past, especially you know, coming off the heels of Hades. I really got into it and then jumping into God of War, like so much cool mythology to just dig into with that. So I'm super excited about that. Oh, I got some upgrades for my office setup, like a, a new keyboard and mouse, which is actually really fancy because with the same keyboard and mouse, you can switch between different devices without having to like use your move your dongle around, which is really helpful considering I have like multiple devices and I'm always like walking away with the dongle and then can't use my desktop computer. So hopefully that solves that problem. Got a really cool Colorado Avalanche jersey, which I'm super stoked about because it's just awesome. And I've been eyeing one up for a very long time and your boy Tactic came through on that front. So just a lot of super cool stuff. Oh, and got Mario Golf Super Rush. So I'm really looking forward to spanking Tactic at that because I was super good at Wii Golf. I was going to say, you got to specify at that game. Yeah, at that right. game. I mean, maybe I'll just take Look, my golf you, club and spank him in the butt anyway. I don't know. What you do in your spare time, I don't need to know about to that extent. But that sounds exciting. This this is the one where you literally like it's you're rushing to play through a hole. You're racing through a hole. I remember seeing this. Mm-hmm. We might have talked about it on the podcast. Uh, I have the memory of a goldfish, but that's super because actually do goldfish have good memories? Do we I, know anything about goldfish memories? I don't know. I feel I thought like it was like insane. five seconds. Yeah. Ele- elephants never forget. I know that. I think. Yeah, I think I think I got it right. I think goldfish have really short memories. That's exciting. Yeah. Super Mario. That's he's not going anywhere. So might as well go golfing with him. I just, I remember back in like the Wii days playing Wii Golf with my family on like Wii Play or whatever. And it was just so so much fun because you actually like swing the thing and that's what you do with the Switch. So I'm very, very excited. Plus that goes into like my New Year's resolution of being a little more active. It'll just be my arms super buff from swinging a golf club. To me, Wii Sports is still where the Wii peaked. It really, like... they. All this up, they the only came out game swing you it, it right away. Like it's really if yeah. you only had Wii Sports, you could be totally happy and fulfilled with your Wii. Like the ping pong, remember the ping pong? Yeah. Oh my gosh, they had it going on. Shout out to Wii Sports, never forget. So it sounds like we all had a great holiday, restful, filled with a lot of great new nerd toys to play with, which is great. And we'll be hearing all about that for the next few whenevers. But we have pressing business, earth shattering titanic clashes to get to this is huge guys the loser of this i don't even we still don't know what's gonna happen to him but are you two do you two feel mentally prepared you know what the topic is hopefully you haven't studied because that would be against the rules but i I guess i'll be the judge of that as this thing goes the topic of the quiz this week is thomas edison it was gonna be nikola tesla but tactic said 
and I want to I want to be clear about this. I want to because I think this makes you look good, Tactic. It was going to be Nikola Tesla, and you said, "No, I know too much." That was those were your words. I know too much about Nikola Tesla. Do Thomas Edison. So that could have been a very elaborate head fake, and you actually know more about Thomas Edison. But I suppose we'll find out as we go here. Uh, this is standard quiz format. I have five questions in front of me, all of which are numerical prices right style questions. And I have actually two tiebreakers on hand in case we need multiples. I have high expectations here. So we'll get started. So it looks like since since Nerd Bomber currently has the better record, she is going to go first. So let's dive in. Tommy E, final quiz of the year. Take a deep breath. When was Thomas Edison born? No fudge. Um, right out of the gate. Right out of the gate, she's fudging. <laughs> I mean, he was, it was America correct america chavez i don't <laughs> i'm not sure what you want me to say <laughs> but i'm not going to say anything he was american i think um also not sure why that has a whole lot of bearing but well because i can kind of right? i can kind of think of like shit, i don't even remember when america was founded i know columbus sailed the ocean blue and in- boy she came to play tonight folks <laughs> <laughs> uh, i've got too much, i've got cookie brain man christmas cookie brain i'm gonna say he was born in 1820 and tactic that sends us over to you i believe she ended up on 1820 she kind of trailed off there so it's way later than that but i'm gonna say 1840 oh you punk he punked you february 11th 1847 so you were quite close actually it wasn't way later but you gave us a respectable buffer that wasn't any plus one crap that was 20 years tactic is on the board further realizing nerd bomber's worst nightmare let's continue how many u.s patents does thomas edison have to his name tactic will go to you he's writing something and i'm very confused i use answers of previous questions as a foundation for my next answer okay so very strange between very him strange. and nikola Tesla, I, I he was a businessman so he he loved patenting stuff because he can keep his grubby fingers on it whereas tesla was like freedom of information so I'm going to say he went buck wild and I'm going to say 15 patents. Oh, it's definitely way more than that. I'm going to say 40. We're going punch for punch here. Nerd Bomber is on the board. He did go buck wild. 1,093. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I knew it was a lot. Uh, orders of magnitude off. But... Yeah. Okay. So I just didn't uh, want to bust one. and I thought you were going to think, oh, that's too many and go low. No. So this next question, question three, is my favorite question. I'm reading now directly from a Mental Floss article about Thomas Edison. I can't claim make claims to having figured this out myself. Uh, capable of recording sounds and playing them back, the phonograph was one of Edison's great achievements. His experiments with chatting toys came next. After the phonograph debuted, Edison began developing talking dolls with tiny phonographs in their bodies that played familiar nursery rhymes and songs. He hired actresses to recite Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and other tunes for the dolls to speak. How many of these dolls did Thomas Edison sell in total? So not like how many different like types of dolls, but like in total, how many Just, units did he sell? Correct. Correct. I feel like he probably, th- these had to be kind of like expensive. So I feel like probably not that many. I'm going to say 500. I think it's more than that, but there was also not probably a lot of a huge market. I'm going to do the, I'm not, I'm going to save it. I'm going to say 600. It's a good thing you saved it 
Nerd Bomber skunked. You hit it right on the nose. It was five wow. dolls in what? total. Critic critics complained that they couldn't understand what the playthings were saying because of the lack of technology, and they were, as you noted, Nerd Bomber, rather expensive. So it's two to one in impressive fashion. Nerd Bomber has pulled ahead at age twenty-two, the ripe old age twenty-two. Thomas Edison invented an improved stock ticker for the stock exchange in New York. You know, the big one. And was paid how much for this invention? How many questions are left? This is question four. There is one more after this. Okay. Not accounted for inflation? Like at the time, what he was given? Not accounting for inflation at the time. This is what he was given. $5,000. 5,001, Bob. We need to start drafting a punishment for tactic ruthless that Nerd bomber you've ruthless. done it <laughs> it's uh, strategy 40, Forty thousand us dollars wow. uh, which i don't i don't actually don't have in front of me how much that is adjusted for inflation what but was it's a the lot. year and this was like 18 it was well it would have been 18 1869 or 1870 you know it would have been 1869 or 1870 based on his age and when we said his birthday was so uh that's a big chunk of change but you know, look the stock exchange they play with the big bucks over there as we all know Okay, you said it was 40,000? That's right. Today, are, you, are you doing a calculation? Today that was $848,000. I mean, look. Holy mackerel. It was a great stock ticker apparently. I don't have the details about it in front of me, but we'll do the last question for old time's sake. The first incandescent light bulb that he invented, uh, one of my tiebreakers, took him 18 months to invent. How long was that first light bulb capable of staying on for before burning out? In what unit? Hours. I feel like probably not that long. Maybe 72 hours. No, I think it's worse than that. I'm going to say two hours. Well, Tactic, you made it close. Uh, 13 and a half hours uh, was how long it reportedly was able to burn for. So, hey, say nothing if not that this is a definitive result. Nerd Bomber moves to 14 and 12 tactic to 11 and 12 so you guys both lost the same number of games you know tactic uh, is giving me a dirty stink eye right now but yeah, i would just bullshit no one. i was so like, cocky about i would it. like to just point out there was first of all i nailed an answer so even if you would have plus one'd me and used your plus one the question prior it would have been for naught and secondly because we both had a plus one available to us secondly i went first which means that i planned when to use my strategic plus one to my advantage so i mean look i'm i am the quiz master and as ever impartial but i will say as a matter of commentary that tactic you were you were outflanked on this one strategically i how, how can you make a doll uh, i'm gonna sell 500 units it, just... <laughs> it was the 18 whatevers i don't know man go go make a time machine go back and let me know that may be your punishment. I'm gonna make make the time machine go back to the eighteen units and then say, "See, see." That would be quite the coup. Yeah. Well, so uh, we'll put our heads together. We'll come up with a punishment for tactic. I have a sneaking suspicion, without making any promises, that it's going to involve a video. So be on the lookout for that. But in the meantime, we thank you all for joining us for this final episode of 2021. Thanks for sticking with us through the year. If you've been here the whole time, if you're just showing up. There's a great year ahead in 2022, so this is a great time to hop on the Online Warriors train. 
Uh, if you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, you can head over there, write us something. We'd love to see that. You can hit us up on Twitter. We have a main show account at Online Warriors One. We also all have host accounts at OWLeeLady6 is mine. We have at OWTactic and at OWNerdBomber. Looking forward to chatting with you. And uh, for now, we will head into 2022 and ask you to go out there and you know if you go to a new year's eve party uh you're gonna need to go uh look you're probably gonna go to the liquor store and get some champagne that's what new year's is all about tell the liquor store guy the attendant behind the counter he's gonna be working on new year's eve he's probably gonna be you know bored he can listen to every 2021 episode of the podcast maybe i don't know that might take too long but he can at least get a good start on it so go tell him or her and uh have a safe happy and healthy start to the new year and we'll talk to you soon